Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. And the ball game's over, and the Giants have won Super Bowl 46. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. It's a new day. It's a new day. On the other side of February already. Keith McPherson on the fan. It's February 15th. As we proceed. 87-7-33-7-66-66. Man, it's Thursday that fast. I've got a five-hour KM to AM later on. Tonight, I got to work on booking some guests and figuring out what we want to talk about. I damn sure don't want to do five hours on the Kansas City Super Bowl parade and the shooting. Uh, It's not fun. It's unfortunate, but it's reality. And like I just said, it's a new day. So uh, you're blessed if you're here. Uh, Some people went to that parade. Two people went to that parade, and that was their last day. They went to celebrate their favorite football team in their city going back to back. And uh, it's unfortunate that here in America, things like that happen and we're just numb to it. We're just used to it. We're just, you know, this is what happens. This is America. This is what goes on here. We have guns. They're legal. You know, young guy Avery from St. Louis just called me. He's a New Yorker, but he goes to school down in Missouri. And just think about that, right? Imagine sending your kid to school down there and your kid tags along with somebody else to go to the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade and you get a call. That's like, it's terrible, you know? And then Avery just gave us some game about, hey, like, there are no laws down here. Anybody can go buy a gun. He could go buy a gun as a kid in college. I'm not sure what year he is. I'm sure he's over 18, but like, come on, man. Like, if we think that's all right, like, it's not. That doesn't go on in other countries. That doesn't go on everywhere, but... Let's go on with the show. I see people that want to talk Knicks. I see people that want to talk Mets and Yankees, and that's what we're supposed to do. We can do both, though. We can talk about reality, especially when reality has crossed the intersection of the Super Bowl, which, you know, everybody talked about the Super Bowl. Nobody's talking about Kyle Shanahan anymore, though. Nobody's talking about Travis Kelsey and Andy Reid anymore now, right? Like, I was going to talk about... um Jason Kelsey going on the New Heights podcast and checking his brother 
and saying to his brother, hey, you crossed the line, but it just it seems so insignificant now. In here watching this Knicks game, and, you know, we're into the all-star break. It is what it is. Four-game losing streak sucks. Kind of cools the Knicks off, but we all know that they made the right moves, that they're deeper, and if they get healthy, they can challenge anybody in the East. And speaking of challenging anybody in the East, the Celtics are the best team in the East and maybe in the entire league. Uh, My Brooklyn Nets didn't stand a chance playing them back-to-back nights in Brooklyn and then going up to Boston. They lost by 50 points. And, like, 50-point wins? 50-point wins aren't a regular thing in the NBA. Like, the 50-point wins, that's not even a regular thing in their franchise history. But that's the second... 50-point win that the Celtics have had in this short season. <laughs> and uh, they just had three of those in franchise history entering the season. So there's something different about this Celtics team. Uh, they've got to be the odds-on favorites. They've come up short so many years. They've got to be the favorites to win the championship this year. Could the New York Knicks step in and knock them off? Maybe. If you think you're going to the Eastern Conference Finals, finals, that's who you're going to have to dance with anyway. 877-337-6666. My guy Mario in Long Beach back on the fan. What's up? What's going on, my bro? You know, you know. Hosting the show till 2, taking the calls, hopefully entertaining some people, maybe helping some people sleep a little better tonight, doing my job. You know what's crazy about the game you're watching right now, right? I was looking at their injury report, right? So you got a... You got Hardenstein, Mitchell Robinson. You got a, uh, you got Vincenzo. Randall. You got a Noby, and you got Vincenzo. Their their injury report is better than their starting five was. <laughs> yeah. Really look at really look no, at. No, I know. I mean, when you think about the players that they're missing, that's a solid starting and, five. And I'll tell you something. Look at this team. Even though watch Brunson's game. The guy scored thirty five, and he's out there trying to win this game. This guy is a dog, man. Yeah, that's all he knows. No, that's all he knows. He's not out there playing games. He's not out there half-stepping, especially in a league where we've seen a lot of guys go out there and and not really give it their all, not play, just go out there and coast. Brunson only knows one speed. And you know what? It's nice to see him get the accolades, especially. Did you ever get a chance to go back and look at that thing? I think you were on the air when he, when he was crying a little bit when they were asking him about I that. I did. I did, yes. That was very, and that, that was so, you know, like genuine. And yeah, really, and then I went I went and digged a little deeper and learned about him as a kid and his dad and him being on the garden floor and his dad bringing him to all-star games. And I'm this, this kid is living an absolute dream. I'm so happy for him. Uh, it's hard to hate on him. That's why, you know, I know there's a, a coalition of Knicks haters. I know as a Nets fan, people think I'm just supposed to hate the Knicks. But, like, I don't think you can hate on Jalen Brunson when you learn about his story. He's also a Jersey guy. I'm from Jersey. I mean, I, I really hope that he does lead the Knicks uh, as far as they can go this year. And I, I'm, I'm excited. He's he's one, the one thing I'm looking forward to in the NBA All-Star game. I might check out the NBA All-Star game if I get a, an alert that he's cooking up. I think before the game, I don't know if you saw it, there was a couple of comments. Sha- Shaquille said, Shaquille O'Neal said that this guy gets into the paint and gets it shot off better than anybody I ever saw since Iverson. Which is And then, nuts. Uh, what's yeah. his name? Uh, Durant said, this guy is on his way to becoming a Hall of Famer. Yeah. That's what he said. That's his, some, I, I, that, what I noticed about him early, and I spoke on, he's so polished, his footwork. Like, he's not taking a shot that he's never taken before. When he gets into the paint, he knows 
exactly where he is on the floor, where those lines are on the floor, and how to measure those shots. And, I mean, the video went viral of him and his dad working out, training him when he was like, I don't know, 12 or 13, something like that. It paid off. It worked. Yeah, and here's the crazy thing. He can't jump and he's slow. <laughs> he's and not. He's uh, and he's yeah, small. he's not a big guy. He's not the fastest guy. He he definitely doesn't have the most athleticism, but he's a dog, like you said. Does he's it even remind you a little him. bit of Doncic? You know, with those movements, because Doncic is the same. He moves slow, but he's got that. Footwork, he was drafted in the bigger, same draft you know? as Doncic, so maybe the Dallas Mavs saw that in him too. Yeah, it's just about pace of play, right? They they both kind of play at their own pace, and they can kind of dictate that. Yeah, and, uh, Jokic is another one too. I mean, he's great too, but he's slow and he can't jump. You know, so yeah, it's not, but it's basketball, not all about athleticism. Basketball you know? is about spacing and timing, um, and those guys know how to get into their spaces and and hit those timely shots. Listen, thanks for taking my call. You're doing a great job. I'll talk to you uh, next time around. Thanks for the call, Mario. Yeah, eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Can't hate on Jalen Brunson. Can't hate on that guy, even if you're a Nets fan. And you had like I saw Nets fans, Nets fans applauding the officials a couple nights ago when I was live on air, and I saw that go down in Houston. I was disgusted as a sports fan, as an NBA fan. Uh, I also I'm a host on the Fan in New York, and I wanted to get this off. I wanted to say two things. One, like as a Nets fan, Knicks fans were always like hating on us as we were trying to come up. But ultimately, like, I remember the dominant days of Jason Kidd and Richard Jefferson with the New Jersey Nets and the Knicks. And then I also obviously remember the recent dominant days of KD and Kyrie with the Nets in Brooklyn versus the Knicks. That was different. Now the Nets are garbage. They are a trash can. They are dumpster juice. Like, no Nets fan has anything to say about this version of the New York Knicks and if they can't appreciate what they're seeing, they're just hating. Like, if you can't appreciate that their organization made all the right moves to get them to this point, then you just want to be a hater. And if you want to be a hater, be a hater. But, like, if people usually, like, hate on people that are doing better than them, and they're doing way better than the uh, the Nets right now. And I just don't understand the, the Nets fan hating on the Knicks fan for their success. Now, I understand, you know, when the Knicks ultimately fail, wherever that is, you know, I'll definitely be one of the Nets fans like, hey, come take a seat right next to us. I'm not rooting for you to win the championship. I'm not rooting for you. But I'm also a New Yorker. I'm also a New York radio host. And I understand what, what's going on here. The, the Knicks were inept. The Knicks were terrible. They were laughing stock. Stay down till you come up is something that I've preached on this radio station. And I have family and friends that are Knicks fans that they understand, hey, this is our time. We got a squad. Let's see it. The other thing, the other squad, as I'm watching Paolo Bancaro go to work, he's a dog. Like, talk about a dog. This kid coming into the league, like, he looks like he's been in the league for years. He's playing on this young Orlando Magic team, and he's playing with Mo Wagner and Franz Wagner. And I would love to run into those two again. I had the privilege of spending Mo Wagner's draft day with him Five years ago, six years ago now, coming up on June, when I worked at Rock Nation doing social media, being like a digital marketing guy, they tasked me with following Mo Wagner around. And, uh, you know, we were just in a black Escalade. It was me, him, his brother, 
I think he had a manager agent guy from Rock Nation with us and maybe one other person, but that was super cool. That's something I'll never forget. Uh, the, the draft was obviously in Brooklyn, and Mo Wagner was coming out of Michigan. He got drafted by the Lakers, I believe, and I got to go with him to to Slam. Um, I got to see you know a little inside of Slam magazine, and and I went to the, his little photo shoot there. Uh, we went to the Players Tribune, and I forget where else we went, but it was cool as hell to just be right around New York City with this young kid and his brother, who his brother at the time might have been in high school. His brother's better than him now. But his brother got to see that firsthand experience of his older brother in the big city on draft day, uh, doing media, coming to the Rock Nation office, and just being the man. And, um, yeah, I don't think they would remember me at all. But I remember spending that day riding around the city and doing their media availability. Well, really, Moe's, Mo Wagner's media availability. But he wanted his brother Franz to, you know, tag along and see it. And then his brother... Ended up getting drafted by the Orlando Magic and doing his own thing. And now they're both playing for the Magic, as Knicks fans saw tonight. 877-337-6666. I guess we're talking hoops. Let's keep it rolling with Vince out in Brooklyn. Vince, you're on the fan. Yeah, how you doing, bro? You know, hanging um, out. Okay, listen, I hear you talking about how much of a net fan you are. I think we've talked before about me being a net fan going way back. ABA next. Yes, sir. All right. So, uh, you know, saying, uh, you know, uh, 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 Julius and, 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 and all the times back in the day. Listen, there was also have been times in the, uh, in, since the Mets have become into the, uh, NBA that they have also, uh, they've competed. They've played against the Wizards. I'm a, who are the Wizards now? They were, were the Bullets back in the day. And the Knicks and Mets, and they, they all had uh, competitions for the um, Eastern uh, Conference. And uh, I, I really like to like to, 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 to think about the time that that the, uh, the Mets and the Sixers had that competition, that game where, they, where Butch Walker and Julius Irving had a competition at, at mid-court. You, you might not remember it. You might not remember it. But um, I don't... Sorry, Vince. I got to let you go. I had my headphones turned up maximum. It was like you were whispering through the static. And I think you were taking us back in time in the time machine, talking about Julius Irving with the net. Like, how, like I, I don't have enough time. No disrespect. But how do we get there? How do we get there? We're talking about the Knicks. We were even talking about the Orlando Magic, who they face tonight. We're talking about going back to the time when the Knicks and the, the Nets and the Six. I don't know. You lost me, bro. And I couldn't hear you. And so I know somebody else out there was listening like, what? I, I had to turn my headphones up to the maximum. And I don't like doing that. It's too loud. 877-337-6666. Gary is down in Virginia on the fan. What's up, Gary? Hey, uh, good evening to you, and I appreciate you taking my call and everything like that. Three little small tidbits. Uh, one of them just came to my mind. One uh, with the Knicks and everything like that. I'm a long-time New Yorker, just moved uh, to Virginia 15 years ago. Been a lifelong Knicks fan, being a dear friend of mine. 
passed away years ago. But the Knicks are overrated sometimes. I don't understand why people get so hyped up with the Knicks. <laughs> they're, they're overrated no, every let time. Let me finish. Let me finish. Let me finish. <laughs> I don't understand why people get so hyped up with the Knicks and everything like that. Now, I've been watching the Knicks since I was like 10, right? But when you move out of New York, you know, we look at the Knicks it's like, okay, you get on a nine-game winning streak. Okay, it's February. Everybody take a deep breath. But more importantly, about the situation that happened in, uh, was out there in Missouri, Kansas City, I think that we should start holding politicians accountable for things because it's us that's going out there and want to celebrate and things like that. You know, they work for us. Yeah. And we have, yeah, you know, we have to remember that. We don't work for them because when they want us, they come sending us mail, calling us and everything like that. And, you know, they want our attention, want our vote. But people have to remember they work for us. And another thing, and I let you talk there. Don't you think that the 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 price of salaries of athletes is getting out of hand now? When somebody's making fifty, sixty, seventy, eighty million dollars soon, how are people going to be able to afford to take their families to games and everything like that? So I'll let you talk and let you discuss that. Okay. Thanks, Gary. Uh, we'll work backwards. No, I, I don't think. I, I wish that I had a little more guidance. Maybe my pops around. Maybe just like a male figure around that would have told me like, yo, if you actually use your athleticism and lock in, like you, if you play for just one or two years, you can make millions. I also was born like, you know, way before these guys that are playing right now. There's some guys playing. I'm 35. So there's some guys still playing professional sports that are my age and older. But like, no, the money that they are making is a product of the money that their franchises are making and the league is making. So we think that they're making money. What are the owners making that aren't playing? And just many of them inherited the franchise. We're just born into it. They're making money hand over fist. These players have a short window of time to use their athleticism to make generational wealth for their family for decades and generations to come. No, I don't think the money's getting too crazy or not because it's just a it's a small percentage of the pie. Nope. Nope. I, I hope these players get all the money they can get. And I hope they have financial advisors and I hope that their families eat off of it. Also, a lot of these athletes are brothers. I, I, I like to see young black dudes getting money off of being able to hoop, being able to throw a football, being able to run a football, whatever it is. Even in baseball, guys coming from other places to the United States, Cuba, the Dominican, the Latino, the Hispanic explosion. Sure, let these guys sign for hundreds of millions of dollars. There's plenty of money to go around. And then when you say, oh, you know, the regular guy being able to afford to go to the game. If you can't go to the game, you can't go to the game. I grew up thinking I would never go to the game. I grew up, I literally grew up thinking that going to games was for rich and privileged people. And that I would never go. It was a TV show only to me. Now I got older and learned how to finesse and figured some things out. And now I, I pretty much go to whatever game I want to go to. But like the whole narrative of uh, it, it doesn't connect for me. The whole narrative of athletes making ridiculous amount of money is not fair that the average person is priced out of going to games. That doesn't connect for me. Th those guys work. Those guys earned it. I went to college with a lot of guys that actually made it to the NFL. I saw what it took. 
Like it, it takes a lot of blood, sweat, tears, hours, studying, practicing, lifting, running to be of that ilk. They earn that money. And then the owners, there's a lot of owners in these sports that just woke up one day and, uh, you know, they realized that, you know, their family owned the team. So it's, and, they, and they're, they're the ones making billions, not millions. Um, with the politicians, yeah, I don't want to get into it. I don't want to get into the politics, the government part, but there's definitely a lot of people online that I'm reading and they're taking shots at the uh, governor and some of the other people out there in Kansas City and Missouri, and I'm sure you're going to hear those conversations. And if you're into politics and you watch whatever news channel you watch, that's going to come up, but that's not a conversation for me. I'm not well enough versed in it. I just want change. I just want this to stop happening. I want somebody to come together and figure out solutions. And uh, I just feel like a, a quick fix is like you shouldn't be able to walk into a store and buy a gun. And if you are buying a gun, then you're you're entered on on a, a, a damn watch list. And like you got to check in with people. You got to like if you want that weapon, it should come with a lot more than just you being able to walk into the store, show your ID and purchase it. It's like, no, now you are under a, a, a surveillance almost. And uh, the first thing he said about the Knicks being overrated, I laughed because uh, this is New York. This is the hype central, the mecca of hype, the hype capital. Don't believe the hype. I've been saying that since I got on the fan. Don't believe the hype. We can go backwards, right? Let's go backwards. We're coming off of the Jets and Giants season. What did they tell us going into the Jets season? Aaron Rodgers and the Jets were going to win the Super Bowl. Don't believe the hype. What did they tell us? After Daniel Jones got paid and the Giants named 10 captains. Oh, the Giants are going to take a step forward. They should be in the NFC Championship this year. They've closed the gap on the Eagles and the Cowboys. Don't believe the hype. What, let's go backwards again. What did they tell us about the Yankees and Mets seasons? Where they both missed October, both missed the postseason? Oh, the mecca of baseball. All the stars are out. Look at all the star power in Queens and in the Bronx. Both of these teams could meet in a Subway Series World Series. I literally took calls on the fan. Hey, Keith, what, what do you think about a, a Subway Series World Series? I'm like, it's not gonna, I think it's not going to happen, and I don't want it to happen, and it's not going to happen whether I want it to happen or not. It happened. It happened when I was in fifth grade. <laughs> it's not going to happen this year or the year I like it. No. So don't believe the hype. Don't believe the hype. Here we are again with the Mets and the Yankees. And all the hype is on the Yankees. They got Juan Soto and Marcus Stroman. And Carlos Rodon is going to bounce back. And Aaron Judge is healthy. And Shohei Otani's not there. So maybe Judge can win another MVP. And Garrett Cole's the reigning Cy Young winner. And Aaron Boone came out today and said, we're hell-bent on winning a championship. Hype. Believe the hype. Right? I say don't believe the hype, but the Yankees want you to believe the hype, right? 28 World Series, 15 years going back to the World Series. And then on the other side, Carlos Mendoza trots out there, doo-dee-doo-dee-doo. You got Sean Manaya and a mixed bag of randoms. And you got the usual suspects, the Francisco Lindors, the Francisco Alvarez, Pete Alonzo, uh, Brett Beatty, Mark Vientos, Adrian Hauser, Luis Severino, Harrison Bader. There's no hype. There's no expectations for the Mets. And I think that's good. I think that's great. If you set your expectations low, you can't be disappointed. 
337-6666. Frank is in Baldwin, New York. Quickly, before we go to break, what's up, Frank? KMVP. How you doing, my friend? <laughs> I like that one. I'm good. Okay, listen, I, I know everybody's talking about politicians' fault and, and laws got to be changed and this. You know, look at Chicago, the strictest law and guns in the world. Yep. And so many people get shot every night and they never talk the about it. It's all politics. Hell, I, I have, you know, I don't go over there, but I, I have friends from Chicago and I've had some firsthand stories and encounter. I mean, I've been to a guaranteed low rate field where people get shot in their parking lot. I think I was talking about that the other night. Chicago yeah. is a, a war zone. They literally call it Chirac. Yeah. So, you know, Mike, this is what it's all about, and people don't want to understand it's about mental health. Things are different. Things are not like they were I'm in the glad, 60s. I'm glad you mentioned that, too. We need to be, and this is why we need to be talking about things, and we need to be checking on people. And like I just said, you buy a gun, you got to check in with somebody yep. for your mental health once a Absolutely. week, knowing you have that gun. You got to get on the phone and have a conversation or physically go somewhere. How you doing? Are you upset? Did you get fired? Did did your girlfriend break up with you? Did you lose a parlay or something? And you're now you're well, gonna show this? up and try yeah, and shoot I got one people? more for you. Listen to this. As compared to now to the sixties, if you look up the stats, fifty three percent of the kids kids that are in school today are medicated. As opposed to the sixties, where it was less than ten percent. That's gotta mean something. Yeah. Uh that's not great. That's not yeah, that's not a good stat, right? Medication messes with your mood, you messes with your feelings, yeah. messes with your day-to-day, how you go about, yeah. And I have a beautiful daughter, she's 24, she graduated college four years, Potsdam Music, she's awesome, she's doing great, everything's fine, and one day one of her best friends got gunned down right in the middle of the, um, in the school by the dorms. Some kid in town decided to go out and shoot somebody. And it happened to be one of her friends. And let me tell you, that messed her up. To this day. Yeah, you can't recover from something like that. I'm sorry to hear so, about that. So, you know, it's all yeah, it's all about mental health. And it, I think that's where we need to focus. Coming together, it doesn't work. Look at 9-11. You know, everybody loved each other the day after 9-11. But, you know, a week later, we're back to the same old routine. It's about mental health. That's all I want to say. Thanks Peace for the call, best. Frank. Appreciate you. Let's go to break. Call the number. Join the show. I've got less than 90 minutes left. We're talking sports, and obviously we can't duck the conversation around what happened in Kansas City. This is Keith McPherson on The Fan. I'll be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. 
Medela, the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. When this happened, you talked about it on The Fan. Play fake, Jones rolls left, throws left, wide open for the touchdown is Bellinger. When New York sports happens, talk about it here. The Fan, 1019 FM, and always live on the free Odyssey app. Rolling right along, Keith McPherson on The Fan, KM to 2 AM. Talking sports, talking to you at 877-337-6666. Spring training is underway for the Mets and for the Yankees. You've heard David Stern speak this week. You've heard Carlos Mendoza speak this week. Now Aaron Boone speaks. I think Cashman spoke to the media today, but um, I don't think there was video cut up of it. I do get some of the emails for the media as far as, like, I think, you know, I, I saw saw an email that Brian Cashman spoke at, like, 3 p.m. yesterday. But, yeah, I mean, everything that's coming out of spring training is the regular stuff, right? Oh, Carlos Rodon is in better shape. He's going to bounce back. Uh, DJ LeMayu has been putting in the work. He's been there. He looks good. Jason Dominguez is progressing. You know, a couple little things, uh, injuries as expected, like Scott Efros. And and I didn't really speak on the Scott Efros, uh, Scott Efros thing. He missed the season last year with Tommy John. And then he had a back procedure in December. And then that flared up. And now he's on the 60-day IL. And, man, it's just, it's just crazy to think about uh, Brian Cashman's 2022 trade deadline and uh, where we are with that. Like... The 2022 trade deadline, I I looked at it as like, okay, this is an opportunity for the Yankees to bolster a team that many were saying could potentially win a championship, and they did the opposite. And it's just funny now when you look at it, everybody got hurt. The the best move out of that whole um, 2022 trade deadline was getting rid of Joey Gallo for Clayton Beater. And maybe we see Clayton Beater this year. But, I mean, they traded Jordan Montgomery away for Harrison Bader in a walking boot. Who, hey, I put my hand up. I was I was all for it. And, I, and I'll, I'll forever say why I was for it. Two reasons. One, Jordan Montgomery got the Jacob deGrom treatment over here. They never scored runs for him. He could never get run support. And this was before the pitch clock. And, and, and Monty's games just were slow-paced. It just was a, a bore. And uh, you got to give to get. And they had to give Jordan Montgomery away to get a center fielder. Why? Because Aaron Hicks was signed to a uh, $70 million seven-year deal. The Yankees are still paying him. He'll be with the Anaheim Angels. The Yankees had him in center field, and he was trash. You can't keep running Judge out there at center field, which they're actually going to do again this year. So they get Harrison Bader, his, his plantar fasciitis or whatever. He's in a walking boot. But then, you know, Frankie Montas was terrible, and then he missed all last year. Now he's a Cincinnati Red. And Lou Trevino, 
we actually see Lou Trevino today. He missed all last year with Tommy John, but the Yankees made a deal with him. He'll be back this year pending a physical. So, all right, I guess, you, you know, that that deal, maybe that salvages itself, but that, that deal sucked because you you ended up losing pitching depth. You, you lose um, Ken Waldachuk, J.P. Sears, and Luis Medina. I'll always remember that one. Uh, and, and even Cooper Bauman was in that. Uh, we'll see what those guys end up doing with the Oakland A's. But, I mean, that was the start of the Yankees literally sending their pitching depth away. And what was the other trade from there? Bader, uh, Bader for Monty. Pitching depth for Frankie Montas and Lou Trevino. Oh, I know what I wanted to say. They were supposed to get Luis Castillo, but they prospect hugged. Maybe if they would have moved on from Peraza, they could have got Luis Castillo. Hindsight is twenty twenty. Now, what is Peraza? Where is Peraza playing this year? He's going to be a backup when somebody eventually gets hurt. Andrew Benintendi, right? That was the first move. That was the obvious move, right? Every, oh, they need a left fielder. They need a left fielder. They get Andrew Benintendi, and he plays for a month. And he breaks his hamate bone. He gets hit by pitch, and and his Yankee career is over. Scott Efros from the Cubs. Scott Efros. Now you're just not going to see him. So Clayton Beater, in exchange for Joey Gallo, finding anybody to take Joey Gallo away, that was Cashman's best move. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. And his big move the offseason before that was to trade Gio Urshela, Gary Sanchez out of here to bring in IKF. Josh Donaldson and Ben Rortvet. Awesome. And Ben Rortvet now. Hope, hope Ben Rortvet is uh, ready to go, for, at least for spring training, because Higashioka is in San Diego. Trevino's got a, a, calf, a calf strain, and you can't really play with that because you got to make sure that he's good to go. Uh, and they said he's doing his drills or whatever, but, like, you know, Boone today said that he was, you know, good with the um, – Yankees um, catching depth. Well, Ben Wartvet, you and Garrett Cole are about to run it back. So 877-337-6666. Any Yankee fans want to weigh in on anything that you heard uh, from the skipper today? I'm trying to go through my notes and see if there was anything else that really stood out. Not really. I just really wanted to hit on the whole Scott Efros thing and the going back to the 2022 trade deadline. And, like, I'm not a, a fire Brian Cashman guy, but, man, any other GM, if they had the opportunity to bolster a championship-caliber team, or so we thought, right, that, that Yankee team was on a pace where everyone was comparing them to all the World Series-winning Yankee teams, like, that's what you did at the deadline? That was a whack-ass deadline, Cash. <laughs> And then the next year, you follow it up by doing nothing. The next year, you you follow it up by getting Keenan Middleton. And where is he now? You didn't even retain him. I can't trust you. I can't trust. Man, make the move now. And and this Clayton Andrews can't be the only starting pitching move. Make the move now to get another frontline starter. If it's Cease, fine. If it's, I don't even know, Shane Bieber, you lost Corbin Burns. Because I can't trust you to get it done at the deadline. And Cashman has already said to us that we're working on the team till it's pencils down on July 30th. I don't know what you're going to do at this deadline. I don't know who you have to trade. I don't even know who you have to send. I, I don't trust that you're going to get it done. I don't trust that you're going to bolster this team. And there's a chance that this team needs a lot. There's a chance that this team needs a few different things. Not just pitching. 877 337 Back to the phones we go. Thanks for holding. Tim is in Rockland County. 
What's up, Tim? Hey, Keith, how we doing tonight? You know, hanging out, bringing it home. Yeah, it's been a minute. I know you don't like to talk about the uh, Kansas City thing that much, but... No, it's not even that I don't like to talk about it that much. It's just not fun for anybody to talk about. But we've been talking about it all night, so you know, let's have at it. What do you got? Well, I just want to bring up, you know, Trey Filter, the guy that tackled the guy who went out of his way. I want to put his, you know, his yep. name out there. I didn't know his name. Sure. Thank you for putting his oh. name out there because, uh, you know, I said hats off to the people that ran towards danger. Right? We we've had some situations in this country. Like I think it was. Uh, Somewhere in Texas where, you know, they shot up a school with, with kids and there was videos of, you know, the officers and the armed guys, like, not running in to save those kids. Right. And, like, that's right. terrible. Standing, standing on the side, not running in. And this guy stepped up. And his wife, too, I, I don't know her name, but she ran over and grabbed the uh, the firearms. I mean, that's nuts. Like, yes. in a good way. And then there... Yes, in a good way. And uh, also, I also want to bring up Isaiah Pacheco, Andy Reid. They went over and helped these kids, these uh, traumatized kids that did not know what they saw. So even though there's a lot of bad that went on, I just wanted to bring up all the good. Okay, good. That was already reported. And, and I assume that, but it was already reported that like Andy Reid, Pacheco, and some of these other guys went to the hospital, went to help these, well, these kids well, no, that were out there. on scene. This was on scene. Uh, okay, yeah, I'm looking that. it up now. This kid is saying right. Andy Reid hugged him and was trying to comfort him. Yep, this is like in the moment. They did not run away and leave and act like uh, big sports guys. Like, oh, I'm too big, you know, I'm too no, important. That's what I'm saying about, like, out there in their community. Like, those guys are very visible, and they mean everything to those people in that community. They're They're not running away, jumping into their cars, ducking. In that situation, they're they're there, and and I I know for a fact that they're gonna put time and money into making sure they can help whoever they can help everybody, all the victims that were involved. Exactly, and that's so that's what I want to highlight. What I want to highlight about the whole situation: you got as you brought up, they earn these millions, they work hard, their blood, sweat, and tears, and during that gunfire, they stood there, and during all the craziness, that's yeah, what they did. Yeah, those are the toughest guys. Out there, right? The football players, like those those guys, uh, they they are they are they are heroes to their community. Those people came out there today to see them for free, and um, you you couldn't imagine a scene where gunshots go off and they're fleeing the scene. No, they stood their ground and, and they tried to help people. And it's it's good to know that like there are people out there that aren't running away from danger; they're running towards it. To try and save people, and they did. They probably they probably saved another handful of people's lives. The people that ran down the gunman and tackled them and took the firearm. Oh yes, all of it. So I, I know again. Um, you know what the beauty of America is, because Keith, I I disagree with you on everything. Like our teams, Rangers, Mets, fucking Jets. Oh, I curse. Sorry. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. You're good. Um, but but I love talking. Like you know, like that's. I love listening to you, you know, love talking to you. That's like, I think what we've lost in America, we're allowed to disagree and still be friends. Absolutely. And I appreciate that call, Tim. Thanks. And like, you know, not for nothing, man, like fandom and like what teams you root for, what teams are like, that stuff does not matter. Like, would you not save somebody because they're a Yankee fan? 
or would you not like that stuff that that is nothing that does not mean a thing uh, I'm a real person man I just and like even with the teams I tell you guys all the time like I pick my teams as a kid I'm a grown man and when it came down to it like I know I had the feeling uh during the pandemic like sports do not matter and that was the first time in my life I was like you're a grown-ass man you care so much about the NBA like you don't know what to do right now because you were sitting here and they just canceled the NBA like, you got to get a grip, bro. You got to get it together. <laughs> I'm like, in the quarantine, I'm sitting there like, wait, the Nets were supposed to play the Warriors in the Chase Center, the new building. They were like, now they're just not going to play the game? How? How? I was having debates with friends like, no, they're going to find a way to play. They're going to play these games. No, they can't. They can't just not play for a week. It's the NBA. Like, what do you mean? Wait, they're shutting all the sports everywhere? Nobody's playing? Like, I just, I had a reality check for real. I've really had a, a come-to-Jesus moment with my fandom and these sports. I realized, okay, this stuff is all entertainment. This stuff can be done in a second. When it's life and death, when people's health and safety are involved, all this stops. It doesn't matter if you bet $1,000, $100,000 on the game. They're not playing. It doesn't matter if you have a, a a a group of 10 ticket deal to go watch that game tonight. No, we got to evacuate the building, get everybody out of there. That was that was interesting. That was a, a a time for me even with opening day being pushed and like, you know, remember that? I, I had all these plans that year of like, oh, what were we, what were we going to do? We're going for we're going to I think that year we were going down to Camden Yards. The Yankees were going to uh, open up the season in Baltimore. No, you're not. No, you're not. You're going to sit right in the crib and wait until they tell you what you can and can't do. Let's go to Kyle out in Brooklyn. What's up, Kyle? You're on the fan. What's up, Keith? How's it going? Good, good. Thanks for uh, checking in. Yeah, you too. Um, so I just want to say I'm a Mets fan. Um, I just want to say, like, it's very bizarre to me, like, that the fact that the Mets really didn't do anything this offseason. Like, if you compare it to last offseason, like, it seems like Cohen – Again, like I'm not, I'm not criticizing Cohen, but it seems like this year he has more of a budget. Does that make sense? Like it seems like he has more. You know, like last year he got burned. By spending, well, it's like, it's, it's so David Stearns. It's David. That's the difference. It was Billy Epler and Steve Cohen. Now it's David Stearns and Steve yeah. Cohen, and we can't we can't say they did nothing. They, they no, made no, a lot no. of moves. They made a lot of moves. They're just not moves that like anybody else was competing with them for, standing in their way for. Like yeah. they they did add a lot of pieces to the team, minor league deals and Major League deals, it's just a right. complete philosophy change. And what I've been saying about David Stearns is he is trying to erase the last three years from your mind of, oh, we're going to go out and buy Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander and Starling Marte, come on down. And, yeah, we can give Brandon Nimmo center fielder money. Like, David Stearns has come in here, and, and he's like, chill with all that. Nope, that's not how we're going to do things. We're going to build this the right way. And uh, Yamamoto was the big fish that they were hunting for. And they got finessed with that whole situation. I think we all got fooled a little bit with that situation. That was the only guy they were really in on. After that, just a little marginal, um, low-risk moves. Right, right. But do, but do you see how fans could be kind of just disillusioned? Like no, of course. Of course. You know what I mean? Especially fans that don't listen to the fan every day. Especially fans that aren't subscribed to the Rico Bronia. Especially the, the casual Met fan that's like, wait, what the hell? We just went from spending... All of this money, we had the highest payroll in baseball history, 
and now we're we're signing one-year deals with guys that nobody wants? What happened here? Who is this David Stearns? I don't like this guy. <laughs> I, I get it. I get it. It's day and night. And um, especially if you're a fan that really brought out the pom-poms for Steve Cohen, the richest owner in the sport. Things are going to be different now. We're out of the Wilpon era. Woo, let's go. You know, Steve was a rookie. He's still a rookie, but he was really a rookie owner. And I think he learned some tough lessons. And I think even though he's Daddy Warbucks, even though he's Richie Rich, even though he's got Monopoly money, he's a smart businessman. And I think he realized, hey, I can't come in here and just buy a championship. I've got to apply my smart business principles to this facet of business, right? I don't plan on selling the team. I plan on being an owner for X amount of years till, you know, I pass this on to my children. Let's build a winner. Let's create sustainable success. How do we do that? And he pulled off a move that we'll, we'll never see a trade deadline. As I'm speaking on Brian Cashman's trade uh, de deadline from 2022, this is going to go down in history in 2023. I think I said on, on the fan, Billy Epler is going to be a thank me later guy. Now he's not going to be around for you to thank, but you'll never see a major league baseball team do what the Mets just did this past offseason because they don't have the money to blow. And even the teams with the money to blow, they're not just paying guys to go away. Steve Cohen decided we have a 14% chance of making the playoffs. That's not good enough. Hoping to make the playoffs, that's not good enough. In business, you need a business strategy, and hope is not a strategy. So let's devise a strategy here. And their strategy was to blow this thing up. And they started, I remember seeing that alert that, that D-Rob got traded. He got traded like five days before the deadline. I'm like, what the hell is going on here? And they trade him for a 17 and 18-year-old? Oh, fire sale. They're letting the league know. Hit us up. Hit us up. Tommy Pham, goodbye. Mark Canna, goodbye. I'm trying to remember where everybody went. Uh, even before that, Eduardo Escobar to the Angels, goodbye. Tommy Pham to the Diamondbacks. Sayonara. Mark Canna to the Brewers. Arrivederci. You know, like Max Scherzer. This guy runs and tells Ken Rosenthal, oh, they're not going to compete for a couple years. I don't know. My, you know, my wife and I, we don't want to be here for that, don't we? We want to go to a contender. Oh, you're interested in winning the World Series? Let's grant your wish, Mad Max. We're literally going to send you to this year's World Series winner. Verlander, you want to go back to Houston, don't you? <laughs> you, you hit the Mega Millions over here for half a season, but your heart is still with those dirty, cheating Houston Astros. We'll send you back. We'll send you back. Goodbye. Go ahead. Go ahead. Like... You're never going to see that in baseball again. And that was, was where the philosophy started to change. And then we already heard the rumors at that time last year. Oh, David Stearns is going to be out in Milwaukee. He's from New York. Says he grew up a Mets fan. Even told y'all, you should have known what was coming when he told y'all he used to sneak into the stadium. I guess. I guess. I'm not going to say you can't. I wasn't around back then. I think he said back in 98 he snuck into the stadium. I think I started really going to stadiums like, 2008 and beyond, 2010, 11 beyond, and I, I've never been able to sneak into a stadium. I have trouble sometimes getting in the stadium when I have a ticket. 
Like this didn't wait, hold on. This ticket didn't scan. Maybe this ticket app was janky. <laughs> but David Stearns comes through and he's applying his Milwaukee Brewers principles and strategies and experience to the Mets. And you can tell, like I said uh, a couple of nights ago, I think this guy is trying to figure out how to speak to New York Mets fans. I think sometimes when he gets uh, in front of the media and the microphones right now, I think he's he's thinking that he's still talking um, about the Milwaukee Brewers. Like, you cannot sell a New Yorker, uh, a Mets fan on, oh, yeah, well, success can be determined in multiple... De- nah, no. No, not with the Yankees across town, not with all of these teams in this town, not with the richest owner in town. Success is determined by one thing, wins. You had 75 wins, I believe, with the star next to it, asterisk. I always, I think I always say that. Let me double check that. Right? That Miami Marlins game last year, that whole thing that happened, then you end up with 75 wins, 74, then went to 75. Either way, the bar for the Mets this year is around where the Yankees were last year with 82 wins. And I think they can get there. I think they can get that. And then that will be a successful season if you do better than you did last year in this first year under David Stearns. 877-337-6666. We got to go to another break. And the update, my last hour coming up. Keith McPherson on a fan. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back. And so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.